0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.
1: Toyota Brookhaven has been voted best new car dealership in Southwest Mississippi four years in a row. Come see the difference. Exit 40 Brookhaven or online at Toyota
0: Great service, great savings. At Toyota Brookhaven, we deliver.
1: A Mississippi hey folks, welcome to In a Mississippi Minute. I'm Steve Azar. Please don't forget before we get started today, so many fabulous things to do on this hallowed ground we call Mississippi our home. Go to visit mississippi.org and you'll know what I'm talking about. Today's guest, I'm once again honored to have on my show. Like so many guests and so many coaches, today's is like the cream de la cream. Uh, A very special one from Delta State, Lady Statesman days back through 1983 to 2002. I was there when he was rocking. By the time he was done, here's the skinny. Three national championships, back-to-back, skipped a year, and then went back again. Unbelievable. At the time of the induction of his Hall of Fame, he was the winningest coach in the history of Delta State and NCAA Division II women's basketball overall record, 494 wins to 98 losses. That's insane. Seven NCAA Division II Final Fours, 16 NCAA tournament appearances in 19 years. Only three times he didn't make it. Incredible. 11 NCAA Elite Eight appearances, Seventeen win seasons. Five thirty win seasons, twelve times coach of the year in the Gulf South Conference. Twelve times, ten All-Americans and numerous All-Conference players would play and learn lessons that would serve them well in life. So many things that's going on, and we'll talk about in a minute. But let's just get to it right now with the coach, Lloyd Clark. Hey, hey, coach. Yeah.
3: Yes, sir. How you doing? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Glad
1: to be on your show. Oh, I'm so happy to have you. When I'm reading through this, or stumbling as I just did, when I'm reading through all this and you hear all that, you're talking about a lifetime of dedication and commitment to a job you love so much. Um, let's start at the end of your career. Once you had to leave the game, you decided to go. Was that a difficult decision? Well,
3: the thing, the thing with me is... Uh, I didn't particularly care for recruiting because you had to stay on the road so much. But I, I miss the kids that I coached so much. And I still stay in touch with a lot of them today. And a uh, matter of fact, I've had a couple that call me the last few days that, that didn't, really didn't know uh, whether we were going to get a new coach next year or not. But a few of them wanting to recommend some people. And you know, I said, well, you know, you need to talk to Coach Kennison because he's the one that's going to make that decision. <laughs> Yeah, but, uh, but no, I did. I did miss my kids. I, I missed them a lot, Steve. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah. I can but, imagine.
3: Uh, I, I enjoyed coaching those kids.
1: Uh, my middle son, been uh, basketball as a kid, you know, in the Catholic league days. Didn't love the referees, just FYI. They didn't like me either. But besides, and, and then <laughs> as I got in high school and came back home, was able to be on the sidelines. Referees didn't love me too much then either. You know, they set me down a lot. Uh, I had the greatest joy. Of being out there not just with my son but all of his teammates and watching them work hard and and fight for it and compete uh, getting to know other coaches I mean you know it was it was just awesome on even on the little bitty level that I was on. you know I call myself the consultant on the bench I didn't want to be called a coach Uh, and I don't know what kind of consultant I was but I was probably a pain to all the head coaches but I really enjoyed the whole process. So when did it come to you? When did the epiphany happen that you said, you know what? I want to be a coach. That's it. That's what I want to do.
3: Well, it goes back to when I was working for the Fire and Light Company. You know, I worked with them for about four years. And during that during that time, you know, I officiated high school football. And in the summertime, I coached Pony league baseball. And one day I went home and told my wife, I said, you know, I, I like coaching and I wouldn't mind teaching either. So I said, you know, I think I'll go back to school and finish my degree so that I can do that. So ultimately, that's what I did.
1: Wow. Did your wife want to stab you with a butter knife back then? Like, what do you think no, you're doing? No, not
3: really, because she wanted to finish her degree, too. so we that. actually got through with them at the same time. And uh, if you're going to teach and coach, you better have two incomes because uh, yeah, it gets kind of tough sometimes.
1: <laughs> hey, Coach, why women's basketball?
3: Well... You know, I, I was kindly, I, I just, I, I call it lucky now when you look back at it. But when I started, when I, when after I graduated, I graduated the midterm and so did Babs. But I had a job offer at Warren Central High School in Vicksburg here. And, you know, I, I came here, uh, with the understanding that I, I would get the first coaching job that came open. For some reason, I kind of always figured I would coach football but the first job that came open at Warren Central was 8th grade boys and girls basketball now you know for the most part I hadn't played basketball I, I, I really didn't remember it but uh, I don't know whether <laughs> you know Jerry Stickler or not but he sure. sent me a, a picture out of an uh, annual where I was on the 8th grade basketball team <laughs> and so at first I didn't even remember it but anyway I just, <laughs> I, I really didn't know a lot about it so I took those kids, and we we all learned together is what we did. And um, I went to a bunch of clinics and things like that. But that's how I got into basketball. And and then from there, you know, I was coaching junior high football at the same time. Then I went to ninth grade boys basketball, and the high school girls came over. <laughs> and I and Lum Wright was going to put me in, in football coaching defense secondary. And so I thought, well, you know, I want to be a head coach in high school, so I talked to him and told him, I said, you know, I think I'm going to take a job that Johnny Franklin is offering me. And he said, well, I'd like to keep you involved in football, but I'd like me to keep my phone on the sideline on Friday night. Because <laughs> I'd been I official it. and I knew all his offenses and all that kind of stuff. Sure. But anyway, I went and started coaching girls, and that that's basically how I got into it. And I was coaching high school girls and high school track. And uh, then in 1983, uh, Brad Hobie. Was athletic director at yeah. Delta State, yeah, and he came and uh, and asked me, uh, "Did I want to re- interview for the job?" And mm. I I told him that I would, but you know I went into that interview, Steve, with the idea that, you know, I I, I loved high school coaching, and I had one of the best high school girls coaching jobs in the state of Mississippi, and you know if if I decided to go to Del State, the worst thing that could happen to me was I could, I'd go back to high school coaching. And that's something I dearly love. So I went I went into that that college job with kinda of that attitude. And I, I I'm a competitive person. And uh, you know, I something that, that coaches will tell you, you know, we're we're basically overrated a lot of times because you're only as good as the people around you. And I mean that starts with your assistants, your players Your administration, you know, all of that's got to work together for you to be successful. And it, and I had it. And I was very fortunate in that
1: respect. Talking to Coach Lloyd Clark, the great ones are always humble. In the music business, the great ones are humble. The ones that you want to be like, the ones that you want to hang around with, the ones that you love to have dinner with, uh, to write with, to record with, to be on stage with. It's that, and that's you. I love how humble you've remained and that you give credit to so many people around you. We, we both know, but at some point, the leader has to be the leader of the band, <laughs> which is what you were. And everybody's got to play in tune and do their part.
3: Um, well, somebody's got to take the blame, see? Yeah, somebody's yeah, exactly.
1: The there you go. You take the blame, but you won't take the credit. I like that. That's impressive. <laughs> but, hey, no, hey, Coach, no, no. when you were coaching in the Warren Central days... When did it start to click? How how long were you there before you started to really win? And going from high school, uh, what was it? I remember Jerry Faust went from Molar High to Notre Dame, coached Notre Dame. That's a huge jump to go from high school to college. What was the transition like? And I know you had an incredible and impeccable record back at Warren Central.
3: You know, in my, in my high school coaching, I had I, I never had a losing season, you know, but I had, I had some good teams. And, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't win a state championship. And i tell you, one of the worst, and I, I don't say worst because I had some great kids, but we were 39 and 0 and went into the state championship oh. game and got beat. Oh. Now, you're talking about devastation. Now, yeah. that that was tough. Yeah. You know, I still think about it pretty regularly because I had some really good kids, and, and they, they worked hard, too. And we, we got beat by a team that we had beaten the week before, but that's that's part of the that's part of the state championship playoff. You know, you go to South Mississippi or North Mississippi, and you play a team, and you may play them in the finals. You may turn right around and play them again the next week. And you know, you know how hard that is to do. Yeah. You know, yeah. beat them one time, and if they're if they're pretty good, and they're about as good as you are, then you know they've learned what not to do against you. <laughs>
2: that's right. And
3: so it that was tough for me. But no, no, I had I had a good I had good high school team. Wow, I that's just
2: the, crazy.
3: The worst season I ever had, I think, was we, we lost everybody one year, and we had a bunch of young kids. Didn't have any height at all. I think I wound up 16, 13. That's as close as I've ever come. That's but, not uh,
1: bad with no height. Yeah, yeah. We're talking to Coach Lloyd Clark. Visit Mississippi.org is your destination. Go check out uh, the Civil War Museum right there in beautiful Vicksburg. Right, Coach? I love Vicksburg. Is that yep. where? Yeah, right That's there. It. Right, yeah. Uh, I just want to say this before we go into a break: Pat Summit, Coach Gino at UConn, because I can't say his last name. Coach John Wooden, and you. We can add Coach K to that, et cetera, Here and there, but there ain't many et As what you accomplished. We'll be right back, Coach Lloyd Clark. I'm Steve Azar.
4: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, sunny skies, high near 68. Tonight, mostly clear, low around 43. You're finally Friday, a 40% chance of rain, mostly sunny, high near 73. And a look to Saturday, sunny conditions and much cooler, high only to 45. This weather forecast has been brought to you by our friends at RJ's Outboard Sales and Service at 1208 Old Fannin Road. RJ's Outboard Sales and Service, your Yamaha outboard dealer in Brandon.
5: You mind your own business.
4: Mind my
0: own business. What's that supposed to mean?
6: <laughs> no, I was just thinking about all of the news of tax changes, insurance changes, regulations that are being passed down to business owners. I don't have the time to keep growing and to keep up with changing payroll
0: regulations. I know. It seems like all I do is handle employee-related problems.
6: You know, I hear people lease can help.
0: How can they help?
6: People lease can handle our payroll, taxes, employee benefits, and workers' compensation. They even offer an affordable and customizable four hundred one k program and a twenty four seven online human resource.
5: Well, think again. If you suffer from any type of erectile dysfunction, regardless of your age or medical history, Innovative Health Clinic in Ridgeland can help. Their treatment options work without pain, needles, surgery, or medications, and no downtime using the latest proven technology. Call 601-944-5585 or visit InnovativeHealthClinic.net for an appointment today.
6: This
4: is Home Answers Radio, and my guest today is Trey Jackson of Bulldog Construction. Trey
0: In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi.
1: As we roll down a Mississippi Minute, as I always say, visit Mississippi.org. It's your place. Oh, yeah. Check it out. I'm with Coach Lloyd Clark. Uh, All he did was win and win a lot. Uh, Love having him every year at our Delta Souls Celebrity Gop and Charity event. He's such a... uh, a wonderful asset. Uh, I like to pick his brain every once in a while. And right now I'm going to ask him a tough question. Was be- besides the greatest player and person you ever coached in Cherise Stratton-Oberly, besides her, <laughs> because <laughs> she's excited about this interview. She's your biggest fan. And she played for you for a number of years she was a rebounded machine she's so competitive we love her so much and she married one of my best friends uh, Danny Oberly so uh, we've gotten to be really close she's like a sister now she just gets that look when we talk about you with such pride that she was able to play for you um, and how it shaped her life uh, to this day and she likes to refer to you at times as the perfect players coach.
3: Well, I don't know about perfect now, Steve, but because <laughs> basically what I did is I was tough on them now, and then I think Sharice would probably tell you that, but you know, when I got on that rear end, I also hugged that deck too. And <laughs> you know, they, you got to appreciate the fact that a kid's working hard, please. And you know, my first two years at, at Dell State, we were Division One, and that I, I yeah. was broken in pretty quick. And, uh, and then, uh, that's when Doctor White decided that that we'd we'd go to Division Two because we weren't getting any playoff experience. You know, we we needed to get in the conference. Right. Uh, but those kids, those kids that came in, you know, just like Sharice, I had I had a lot of kids like Sharice, You know, I always kid Sharice about the way she could jump. I'm telling you, the kid could really get up. <laughs> and uh, we're we still close to this day. But I I'd do a bunch with up there. You know, at
1: yeah. Yeah, but, she uh, loves no, you. she it, loves you.
3: She's okay.
1: Yeah, she uh I was checking the stats and she was like one of the leading round, rebounders in Delta State history. I said, Sharice, you got to be kidding me. Why weren't you out shooting threes cuz that's what you're supposed to. That really puts you in the stat book." Anyway, she said, <laughs> <laughs> "Yeah,
3: those threes, you you got to have a little touch. Now, her touch was around the basket. That's where that's where she was best around the basket." So.
1: Women athletes in Mississippi uh fast pitch softball players used to love going watching Delta state's women's fast pitch uh, softball team uh just love watching them sling it off the hip like they could two of the best players i ever played with back in the day were two girls i can tell you uh melanie wiggers and i was her catcher and kathy mcbroom played shortstop and i was in awe and I also had a crush on them, just FYI. <laughs> I couldn't help it. I couldn't focus back then. I was like, my gosh, how can they do that? And they're so good, and they're the best on the team. Were there any anywhere? real challenges along the way looking back that you can go, oh, man, that was a big change, and I really had to get used to it?
3: Shot clock. Shot clock we didn't have it in high school. You could take it and run your offense over and over and over till you got the shot you wanted. In college, you got a shot clock, and, you know, you got to do something quick, so – What I designed was a lot of quick hitters. And we basically ran the same offense after the first entries, you know, because you can't go back out and say set it up again because then all of a sudden you hear this big buzzer go off and another team's got the ball.
1: Yeah, yeah. So
3: the shot clock was one of the biggest adjustments. Now, I was dealing with older girls. I went from coaching girls to women. And, you know, you had to treat them a little bit different, you know. I mean, you couldn't baby them, that's for sure. But, uh, but no, I, I just, you know, my kids, they just, I, I love them to this day.
2: Yeah. And the thing
3: that made me so really like a player is how hard they work. And we emphasize defense too. And I think when you sit in the stands and watch, and sure everybody watch shots and all, but you watch to see how those shots are created. You know, we led the nation one year in, in offense. And I never put a lot of emphasis on offense, but it did on defense. Hmm. And our defense created our offense.
1: Yeah, yeah. So
3: those those kids, I'm telling you, that that was a that was an adjustment, and uh, that having to adjust uh, what my thinking to the shot clock and uh, change the offenses and stuff like that. So,
1: Coach Lloyd Clark's my guest. Coach, were you getting a lot of turnovers leading to layups? Sort of? Uh, oh, no what, doubt.
3: Yeah. No doubt about yeah. It. Yeah. No doubt about it. When I, we coached somebody. Robert Frazier, it was a Clark deal at that time. We coached the high school All-Stars uh, back in about 81, 82. And we, we beat, we were in the South that time. We beat the North, you know, about 20. And we, we made them turn it over 40 times. And we just capitalized <laughs> on it every time. And so I kind of took that attitude into college with me. And uh, we wanted to put defense. We wanted to deny passes. We 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 wanted people to come in against us and just think, oh my goodness, we got to try to run the offense against their defense.
1: Like today, you still see pressure on the ball, but you don't see everybody pressing. Sometimes until the end of a half or end of you know or end of the game, and they go into this mode. Maybe they're down. I'm always sort of believed if you could press and press really well, I just felt like it was an advantage. You had quick players. How were you? regarding that. And I know that you could break if you have great players that can break a press, and they make the passes and and then obviously there's a yin and yang there and a give and take. There's of course risk and reward. But what was your philosophy regarding that?
3: Well, you know, first of all is you know, I I used to like the press. I used to do something they call run and jump and where we would rotate out on the floor when we were pressing. But now there's some people that have great ball players and gall ball handlers and and good passers, and if they start beating your press, you may either have to make adjustments or play it soft until you can adjust that. Now, what we, the attitude we took is that we wanted to press somebody, and we wanted to run in about eight players and and try to wear them down. Yeah. And it may not pay off at first, but before it's over with, uh, those legs will start going, and when they go, that shot goes. And yeah. uh, basically, that's what we did. You know, one year, I took platoon, and I think the fans absolutely loved that. When I substituted, I substituted five at a time. Wow! And I had I had I had ten really good players, and and our fans just loved that. And uh, so, in uh, the teams that that we we're playing, they they look up and saying, "You know, here comes five more." Just as good <laughs> as the five's going out, and that, that second five won the first national championship. I had.
1: Let's talk about that right now, and talk about the three championships in four years. I mean, that's just incredible. Remarkable. And you, you and I both know that. You can go 39-0 in high school. You know you're the best team in the state, and you can still lose the last one. I mean, so all you're doing is just rocking.
3: The only person on that last team that was on the first two was uh, Amy Carroll from Kirk Academy over Grenada. Uh, but, uh, but, but, yeah, that first team, we were fortunate in the fact that we hosted – the national championship at Dell State, ah. and uh, one of the one of the yeah. greatest things that ever felt to me was when we won that championship and they gave me the trophy. The the coliseum was absolutely packed. They mm. brought in bleachers to get so people could sit in there's <laughs> no it. corners in that coliseum, but there is some sides where they can put baseball bleachers. It was completely full. They had moved people back from under the basket. Mm. So that we could shoot layups when we came in, but uh, I mean, it, it was—I held that trophy up, and I had goosebumps. Some big, you could feel them, you know. And uh, but that was that was one of the greatest times of my life, I'll tell you.
1: Speaking of Coach Amy Carroll, is she still over at Kirk?
3: No, no, no. She's 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 retired her coaching. You know, she's uh, she's her dad uh, owned a trucking and parts house there. And I think she runs She runs it. She's, uh, she does her and her brother run that.
1: Well, so she just got out of coaching not that long ago, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, she's got a daughter that's, that's played basketball in central Arkansas, and she wanted to be able to go see her play. Ah, uh, yeah. So that's what yeah. she's been doing.
1: Well, let me tell you, you know? about her. Whatever you instilled in her, you should have taken a little bit back because we had to play them. And she, talking about a press, she didn't let up. <laughs> it would be 80 to th- to 16, and she's still pressing. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And then Cherise would tell me, yep, you know that's Lloyd Clark product right there. <laughs> she didn't let up. Yeah,
3: well, yeah, Amy, Amy's okay now, I'm going to tell you. She uh, she was the only player on all three of those teams now. But uh, the last one, you know, I had her on the wing, and then I ultimately moved to the point guard. And, uh, and she did a great job for me, I tell you.
1: We are with Coach Lloyd Clark. Man, what a career. What what an incredible life lived. You are in a Mississippi Minute, and you are always in good hands with Visit Mississippi. Just check it out and take your family on a, a wonderful weekend through our incredible state. So many great, great things to do here. We are the birthplace of American music. I know we can play hoop as well, but would you like to hear either Sam Cooke or Charlie Pride into the break?
3: Do <laughs> what I like it here.
1: Yeah, which one? I,
3: I like them both, but now Sam Cook takes me back to my old young days.
1: All right, let's just do it. All right, Coach Lloyd Clark. Here's a little Sam Cook. I'm super talking. Working businesses. on the chain gang. Can't you hear them saying, mm, "I'm
2: going home one of these days. I'm going
3: home see my woman." whom I love so dear but meanwhile I've got to work right here that's the sound of the
5: men working on the chain gang that's the sound of the men working on the chain
3: gang all day long they're saying "Hmm." my, 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 my my, my my work is so hard give me water I'm thirsty my work is so hard oh, oh, my, 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 my. my work is so hard oh, oh, oh. Mm.
5: You already know that Madison Cellars is Madison's favorite place to buy wine and spirits since 1988. On Highway 51 in the Madison Station Shopping Center, Madison Sellers has a hometown feel with a big city selection. Do you have a question about which wine to serve with a certain dish? Call 601-856-0931 and let their knowledgeable staff help you find the perfect match. Find out more at MadisonCellars.net or stop by today. Madison Sellers on Highway 51 in the Madison Station Shopping Center.
6: This is Allison Callaway. Since 1954, Callaway's has been family owned and operated. We offer fine merchandise at reasonable prices. We have what you need to make your outdoors beautiful and colorful. Callaway's has a large selection of trees and shrubs. Callaway's has special pricing on outdoor patio furniture with all the new 2022 collections arriving. We offer landscaping. Our designers, Clinton Streeter and Corey Castle, can design and install your landscape from a small job to a total transformation. Let Callaways turn your backyard into a staycation destination. Give us a call to discuss your landscaping needs. Bring your truck or trailer. Callaway's offers bulk soils for pickup and local delivery. Refilling your propane tanks is always the better option, and Callaway's is a propane refilling station. When you refill, you get more propane for less money. Callaway's in Gluckstadt, on Calhoun Station Parkway, south of Germantown High. Everything
2: for home and garden—that's Callaway's. America's been thunderstruck by the all-new 2022 Outlander at Ridgeland Mitsubishi. Get high style without the high price. Plus, an industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Drive one today, starting at $26,095. And get up to $3,500 over book value for the trip. During the spring sales event at Ridgeland Mitsubishi, get thunderstruck. MSRP based on Outlander ES2WD. Price terms and vehicle availability
0: may vary. Important restrictions and rules apply to detail for limited warranty and more details. Offer ends 331
4: Trust care. Feel better faster.
5: I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. A couple of scam alerts are being issued. The Jones County Sheriff's Department says someone is calling residents there claiming to be a deputy. A scammer will tell you that you've got outstanding warrants and then try to get you to pay money to avoid arrest. A caller has even left voicemails telling residents to call 601-402-9270 to speak to a deputy to make a payment. Deputies are warning this is all a part of the scam. In Laurel, someone has been contacting residents through Facebook claiming the recipient is entitled to a $25,000 grant. A scammer will use phone calls and texts to ask for money in order for you to receive that grant. This is also a scam. For the latest Mississippi updates, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or online at supertalk.fm. I'm Kelly Bennett. As a farmer, I I grow U.S. farm based catfish.
4: Doing that, I know it's a safe product and I enjoy eating it any way my wife likes to cook <laughs> Hi, I'm Luke Smelly and I'm Alabama 2020 catfish farmer of the year from Greensboro Alabama if you haven't tried U.S. farm raised catfish you should because it's delicious simple as that
0: Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi.
1: You're in a Mississippi Minute. I'm with Coach Lloyd Clark, three national championships, Hall of Fame, uh, I could go through this uh, Hall of Fame. I'm looking at all the Hall of Fames. There's a lot of them. He's from Drew, Mississippi. Go to org. the land of Archie Manning and Coach Lloyd Clark. Hey, Coach, where were you in relation school-wise and timing-wise with Archie back in the Drew days?
3: Well, I was a little ahead of him. You know, I graduated in 1959, and Archie was about, I don't know, maybe six to eight years behind me. I think he graduated in about 60, 68, something like that. But you know, I mean, I, I watched him through school, and you know, I was officiating football when he was in high school. Yeah, I even officiated the troops. Uh, but uh, but now Archie's, you know, he was as good when he was young as he was when he got older. You know, in, in respect to his age, but uh, he was he was something, competitor, great athlete. You know, it's just. But again, Drew, everybody knows everybody. Yeah. Uh, his his daddy, buddy. Was, and my dad was fishing buddies. They used to fish together a lot. Hmm. And uh but uh but no, they uh it's a great little old town, you know, and uh at one time we had eight cotton gins inside the city limits. Wow. Just so, to say you know, we don't have that anymore. But anyway but no, I, I uh you know, Archie was a great guy. He is to this day. I don't think he ever forgets a name.
1: Yeah, it's amazing how he has held himself, and his kids have held themselves, and and now you got little Arch coming up. I mean, it's just it's really amazing <laughs> that the talent never got watered down, only got better. Incredible that the sons got better; they got smarter. Well, I guess he got them smarter as well. You know, they were he was running for his life so much at New Orleans. You can tell he probably made it an extreme point to work with Eli and Peyton. That's for sure, and uh, and and advised them along the way who they needed to play for. You know, what organizations, what GMs, what coaches. I mean, Archie uh, went down this gravel road and turned it into a big old interstate highway for his sons. And obviously they've worked their tails off. And now, Arch, but when you reffed back in the day for him, were you doing a little home cooking? I need to, because I'm I'm about to get to a referee point here in a minute. So you as a referee. You know,
3: no, I I just, I was as honest as I could be. You know, uh, I, I just never did. You know, favor any, anybody. Uh, of course, you look at coaches on sidelines, a lot of times they think that you may be home cooking, but now, uh, you know, I mean, not just, not just for Drew, but anybody, you know, that's when coaches get all upset, and then that's yeah. when referees start lifting that flag out of that back pocket <laughs> and throwing it up in the air. Uh, but, but no, I, I enjoyed, ta- uh, officiating football. I, I really had a good time doing that. And I officiated first in the public school, and then, After I went to, after I came to Vicksburg, I'd go back up in the Belt and call private school while I was up there too. Wow. Uh, So, but I got points where it was running into my basketball practice and everything at that Belt State. So uh, I decided I needed to quit and start concentrating on what I was making a living.
1: Did you treat referees different, or did your time being a referee help you understand them better, even when you felt like that was the worst call you ever saw? as a basketball coach
3: well i would like to say that it helped me steve but not really because (laughs) you know you're in a different situation right there and you think well you know then we're getting killed by this official out there which you know it's it's not true he's doing the best he can do but at the time you're on the sideline and it's hurting you and other team is going to the free throw line you know that doesn't fit too well with you so but no, I didn't. I didn't look at it the same way. I didn't. I didn't sympathize with them or anything, you know. But I did talk to them, and I knew when to shut my mouth too.
1: <laughs> Do you? Do you ever get kicked out?
3: Never did. Never did get kicked out. Wow. And, you know, I've, I've got I've got a few technicals, you know, but uh, never did get that second one. So, uh,
1: absolutely astounding. My blood is starting to boil right now. I just want you to know that. All right, we're gonna dig real quick. While my blood's boiling into all these accomplishments and awards that you've received, I know it's tough for you to hear, but it's all very real. Jackson Touchdown Club Presidential Award of Excellence in 1992. That's a big one. Hall of Fame memberships include Delta State Hall of Fame, Delta State Alumni Coaches Hall of Fame, Delta State Athletic Hall of Fame. I mean, as you have uh, lived your life and... Coach the good fight and all that, and you look back at your achievements, obviously it takes a long time to have these honors bestowed upon you. It takes a career of dedication. Is there any one particular, though, however, that got away from you? Maybe when you were coaching at Warren Central or Delta State, what's the absolute biggest one that just got away?
3: Well, uh, you know, I I look back and, and as I think back, I probably should have won five national championships. You know, there's things that work against you sometimes, and sometimes, you know, chemistry is so important on a team. Now, uh, and you never know how important it is until you don't have it. And uh, I've, I've had—I know one year we just didn't have the chemistry. We had the talent, but we didn't have the chemistry to, to work together. And I, I've kind of regretted that somewhat, but uh, but but no, and I, I just uh, I felt like that. If the kids give me everything they got, I mean, did they really just get down and play hard? Sometimes people are just going to beat you, Steve. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's all there is to it. Yeah. But, but you know, we had a we had a situation a lot of times where we come in to play a team, or they'd come in to us, and they either had one or two attitudes. They either thought they were beat before they came in because we were Delta State, or either they came in thinking. We're not going to let let them beat us. We're going to get down, and we're going to play this game. Now, those are the two kind you had to face. Now, but, you know, I, I, they talk, talked about me sitting on the sideline and crossing the legs because we beat people so bad. <laughs> well, I never did that on purpose, okay? But sometimes you can't stop your kids from, from yeah. playing.
1: Yeah, yeah. You
3: know, we were in West Alabama one night, and, and uh, they filed you know, fouled everybody out, and they started into, starting five, and they got down to three. Well, I, I took two of mine and put them on the sideline because they can't leave the floor. I put <laughs> them on the sideline, and we played three-on-three three with
1: them. <laughs> That's a great memory. Oh, wow. Okay, i tell you what. Your Coach Carol wouldn't have done that, just FYI. She would have, she'd have <laughs> added. I just want you to know that. I'm messing with you, but, Coach hey, Carroll. Amy, Amy <laughs>
3: did, she didn't take any prisoners.
1: <laughs> no, no way she didn't. Are you kidding? Coaching influences. So you talk about going to these camps and and learning, and who'd you listen to, and what was the system you ran, and when you went out and recruited, did you look for the players that would fit the system, or did you just look for the best players?
3: Well, you know, of course, you, you got the butt heads with Division One as far as uh, as far as getting those players when you're recruiting, and I I was able to beat some Division One schools for players back then. And, you know, I'd have coaches call me and said, look, we've got a good Division One player you might want. I'd say, well, I actually need Division One players if I'm going to win championships. But I look at those kids and, and, and I see if I think they can develop. And what I would want a lot of those kids to do, Steve, is to come in and work hard and hope they can help us by the time they get to be juniors. Because I, I, I recruited very few junior college kids. Now, it's not that I, I'm not against junior college now. I think some of them may have gotten a little upset with me, but I'm not against junior college. It's just that I wanted those kids for four years mm. so that they could stay in my program and learn what our winning was all about. And uh, as far as influences, uh, John Wooden. John Wooden, I'm listening to him at a coaching clinic one time. And I was always emphasizing defense. And he asked everybody in the, in the in the audience out there, how many of y'all put a lot of emphasis on defense, most of the time on defense? Well, I stuck my hand up like <laughs> real big, you know. And he said, uh, he said, well, I'll, I'll beat every one of y'all. And I'm thinking, well, now here's a man that plays defense. He said, offense takes so much time and skill that that you need to spend more time on it. And, uh, and he got to thinking, you know, uh, that's probably true.
4: Mm-hmm. And
3: another thing is I remember one time in high school, I had a, I had a bunch of kids so fired up to play in the South of Mississippi that all they wanted to do was foul and take the ball away from somebody. <laughs> and we had most people in foul trouble by halftime. <laughs> he, he even addressed that. He said you can't get kids that high to go in a ball game because if things go against them, they go just as low as they were high. you yeah. got to be an even keeled. Yeah. That's two things that I learned that I just I, I kept the rest of my coaching days.
1: Yeah. You know it kinda of reminds me of watching like Tiger Woods play golf. He gets excited when he does, but he comes down. He has this way of taking the good stuff and using it to his advantage and forgetting the bad stuff. So there is this even kill that goes along, even though he has changed the game of golf with his excitement and his fist pumps and all that. He's walking down the fairway so majestic and so, it looks like he's just breathing so easy. Um, In that red shirt. In that red shirt. (laughs) I talked to the son of a gun. I want to wear that red shirt. I tell you that. I'm Steve Azar with Coach Lloyd Clark. Visit Mississippi.org. Check it out, folks. We'll be right back.
2: Paint like no other.
1: Seabrook paints
0: in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit seabrookpaints.com.
4: When you
0: partner with R.J. Young for your business printing needs, you get the R.J. Young difference, superior service, in-house leasing option, and a we-make-it-right guarantee. Choose R.J. Young's HP A4 for your business's managed print services and supplies. Print with confidence and trust HP Original Supplies for consistent, uninterrupted printing. To learn more about our office equipment and technology, visit rjyoung.com printers. R.J. Young partners with the best printer manufacturers like HP to offer you the best technology solutions that power your business.
2: It's time to take a road trip down to the coast For CPR Fest 20 Outside on the grounds of the Mississippi Coast Coliseum Saturday, April 2nd Starring Mississippi's own Three Doors Down Live Three Doors Down with Seether Plus Bad Flower Society And special guest Giovanni and the Hired Guns. And check out the best local music in this state on the CPR Fest Homegrown Stage. A very limited number of reserved seats are on sale now. General admission tickets, just $35 plus Ticketmaster fees. Don't wait, get yours now at Ticketmaster.com. It's the biggest rock show of the year. Saturday, April 2nd, outside of the Mississippi Coast Coliseum in Biloxi.
0: In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Supertalk Mississippi.
1: I'm Steve Azar with Coach Lloyd Clark. Visit Mississippi.org. Check it out. You got me pondering right now. Let me go back for a second. When you talk about the challenge of the shot clock, well, why wouldn't you press? If you got the right players on the court, and by the time they get down there to set up their offense, the shot clock's already down an extra 10, 15 seconds wouldn't that make the most sense, Coach Azar here?
3: <laughs> well, you usually do that. Sometimes you'll you'll run a soft press. You'll just make them have to move the ball back and forth and it come down the floor. You may not be trying to steal it. You may just be trying to use the shot clock. Make them use the shot clock. When you get down there, they don't have time to set up their offense and run it. You know. But now with me, we ran fast breaks. We ran, we ran what we call a numbered fast break, where everybody had a place to be. And then we had a secondary break off of that. But, uh, and then we, and we beat, we did a good job beating pressers. Now, you know, I had a press offense that, that I drew up myself. You know, I used to use a lot of time in my office, just with X's nose. And, and it usually worked against a full court man. But now one, one thing that gave you trouble, the people on a three quarter a half, you had to really slow your kids down to look at that. Uh, but, but no, I, I, we went up and down the floor a pretty good bit, but, uh, and but we'd make them take the time to get up and run, use that shot clock.
1: Yeah, yeah. We're talking to Coach Lloyd Clark. Coach, <clears throat> okay. You talk about your influences. What about your coaching mentors? The one that, the ones that brought you along, uh, let you learn from them, uh, things you didn't want to learn from them. But the bottom line is they were there, even as a kid, or when you started to coach at Warren Central, maybe.
3: Well, you know, the, there was two guys from Philadelphia, Mississippi. That was at Warren Central when I came there. John White and Ted Long, they, and if you know much about Philadelphia, they were basketball people, too. And I really talked to them a lot. Uh, John was the boys' coach, and Ted was the girls' coach. And I talked to them a lot about that, and uh, they they helped me just as much as they possibly could. Uh, Ted still lives here. because he He's retired now, but John died a few years ago. Uh, but they, they really were good to me. Uh, I know that. Uh, but uh, you know, and and I tell you somebody else that helped me, you know, and I tried to help him too as much as I could. big Ed Murphy, you remember him?
0: <laughs> yeah, sure.
3: <laughs> but uh, Ed, you know, Ed and I used to talk. We were good friends, and we used to we used to talk a lot. And uh, I know he'd uh, he'd asked me, he'd look, he said, watch my game and halftime.
6: Come yeah. Come in
3: there if you see something, you tell me about. It. And I'd tell him the same thing, you know, because we'd always go sit in our office for a few minutes and and then go and talk to the kids. But now Ed, Ed, you know, Ed was the kind that he'd give you some advice whether
1: he wanted it or not. He was tall enough to do it. He was a big boy. He was was a big man. (laughs) Uh, Coach, when you retired and you hung up that whistle, what were you looking forward to the most? Uh, Rather than looking back and go, oh, man, this is over. I mean, the golden years were ahead of you. They're still ahead of you. So – what have you been doing?
3: Well, you know, I like to fish and like to hunt, like to play golf. Uh, you know, that that's kind of what I was looking at. And um, so I, that, I did that because I had a bass tracker at the time, and I fished a lot. I had a cabin in the Benoit Outing Club. and um, But right after I retired, my wife wanted to come back to Vicksburg because she had some good friends here. Yeah, And I finally told her, I said, well, you, get, you find me a house on a lake. And I'll, I'll consider Well, she left that day coming to get a real estate agent and started showing her houses on lakes. <laughs> and she found a great house on the lake here. So, wow, you know, she gave me 20 years, and she, she followed me around. So I thought, well, if that's what she wants, that's what we're going to do. And that's exactly what we did. Unfortunately, we moved on that lake with a lot of snakes, and she got snake bit. Oh. oh, you're kidding. And Yeah. Oh. Then she wanted to move to town then.
1: Mm. So yeah, I yeah. went along
3: with her, and, and uh, we moved. We moved to town.
1: Well, unfortunately, our home in Nashville. We were on four acres of woods, and there were a couple times when my baby girl would come in, and she, three four years old, she goes, a snake is in my bathroom. She called it a snake, <laughs> and I went in there, and both times they were rattlesnakes, and and they oh, were both. Goodness. And I said, "Oh," she goes, "Please don't hurt it." And I'm thinking, "There's no chance." I'm back in that room for the next ten years. She's down there on the floor playing. I'm like, "Oh my!" I checked the room out, and uh, and she said, "Please don't hurt it." I said, "Oh, I'm not going to hurt it. All right, I'm going to skip that part. I'm going to go all the way in." Second of all, then we come here, and we have a pond at our in our at our house. And getting snakes out of the pond, getting them, then my son wrote, there was a snake in, under our couch, and he goes, hey dad, there's a snake in here. He ends up winning a short film award at the Austin Film Festival for called A Snake Gone Through the House. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't like them. I don't like them. I don't like them. I don't like them. And, uh, and yeah, that's I don't, the... I
3: don't either, Steve. I don't either. But I, I, I'm i not afraid of them <laughs> as long as I can see them. That's the thing. Hey, but,
1: uh, but. I feel sorry for the fish in that pond because as competitive as you are, they had no shot. <laughs> no so, shot.
3: Well, I did fish a lot. Now, I tell you, I, I just, you know, of course you, you, I don't You know about the Nord Outing Club, but, you know, sure. I feel sure. Yeah. Um, I was a member of Beulah Club at the same time. I was a member of both of them, and I had that bass tracker, and, you know, I just fished. I, I love to fish. Yeah,
1: you love know? it, love it. Well, uh-huh. I love talking to you, but a Mississippi Minute just can't contain us. And I appreciate you taking the time, and I admire you so much, and uh, all that you've done for basketball and for kids, and how you've just help shape the lives of generations you have left your mark my man coach lloyd clark can't thank you enough for spending a mississippi minute with me go to visit mississippi.org folks that's it that's your weekend make a plan coach you're the best yes sir blessings buddy i'm steve azar in a mississippi minute all 60 of them where you can take your sweet time
0: The news doesn't sleep, and neither do we. Fox News Radio, late breaking, up to the minute, from around the world, around the clock, here on Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.